الحمد للہ وقف السلام علیہ بعد الدین استفا امابان بعد بلّہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم یا ایدین آمن آمن بلّہ و رسول وقال اللہ تعالفی آیت الخرا والذین آمن اشد سبحان رب رب العزت اما صفون السلام علی المرسلین والحمد للہ رب العالمین اللہم صلی علی سرنا محمد والا علی سرنا محمد و بارک وسلم اللہ سبحانہ و تعالی created insan every single human being and there's one way to understand who a human is and why he or she is on earth which is according to Islam that is on one side and then there is any and every single other way of understanding a human being that is other than Islam all of that is on another side Now certainly there may be many, many different things over there. There may be the secular concept, the agnostic concept, the atheist concept, the Buddhist concept, the Hindu concept. But anything other than Islam will be on one side. And the Islamic understanding of the human being is on one side. One fundamental difference is that according to Deen of Islam, according to Quran, a human being has an aql has a body and also has a ruh. According to secularism and certainly obviously agnosticism and atheism, a human being has an uncle, has a body, but doesn't have a ruh. According to those who are passionate and engaged and interested in Islam, the fundamental aspect of their existence is their ruh. And for even a Muslim, who is very sort of disinterested or distant from his deen, his fundamental aspect will be his uncle or his body. And then there's another part of the human being that both sides agree upon, but they may use different terms for it. In Islam, we call it the nafs. And the non-Muslims may call it many, many things. A person's lust, a person's desire, the Freudian ego... They have many terms for it, but it's also essentially nafs. Islam teaches that the ruh should be more important than the nafs. The nafs should listen to whatever the ruh says. That's what Allah Ta'ala said in Quran. There's something called nafs mutma'inna. With that type of nafs, that is itminan is mutma'in, is pleased and content in being subservient to the ruh. And if you don't have nafs mutma'inna, Allah Ta'ala mentioned another type in Qur'an. It's called nafsi ammara. Nafsi ammara, amar in Arabic means hukam. Amar means command. Ammar means super commanding. Sovereign. Dictatorial. Tyrant. So having a nafsi ammara means that the nafs commands the ruh. The nafs is the sovereign. The nafs is the dictator. The nafs is the tyrant. So what happens then if there's a person who's Muslim, but they have a nafsi amara in their heart, they don't want to sin against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In their heart, they don't want to betray Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In their heart, they don't want to hurt Sayyidina Rasulullah sallam. But because their nafs is amara, because their nafs is the commander, they will do whatever their nafs tells them to do. So they start feeling all of their wishes fulfilling all of their pleasures, satisfying all their desires, inside their qalb, which is the heart of the ruh, inside that is speaking, screaming, guilty conscience. But because this person has a nafs amara, there's nothing it can do, because the nafs is in charge. The nafs is in the driving seat, and the ruh is way in the back, and there's no seat belt. Allah Akbar. Islamic concept of a human being is your body was made over here in your mother's womb but your ruh was made by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. <clears throat> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made every person's ruh personally. Personally. Direct creation. 
There's no process, no sabab, nothing. Direct. Allah Ta'ala creates things in two different ways. There are some things that are directly created by Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And there are some things that He creates through some process, some means, right? So our physical body was created through a process of conception, gestation, then birth, then developmental stages, right? That's a process. The ruh, this is what Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, Kun fayakun. And when He wants to create something directly, He simply says, Kun, He simply desires and commands that it be, fayakun, then it becomes. He simply commands and desires that it should exist, then it starts existing. Direct creation. Now let's look at what are other things that Allah SWT created directly. Allah Ta'ala created all the angels directly. There's no sabab. Angels don't get married and have children. <laughs> yes, each angel was created directly by Allah SWT. His own arsh in kursi created directly by Allah SWT. Jannat created directly by Allah SWT. However, this universe, right, was created through asbab. Islam has no problem whatsoever accepting the Big Bang or any of those aspects of science which are called astronomy, astrophysics, normally they call cosmology, by which the universe and the different galaxies and solar systems and planets were formed. Now I want you to imagine. All of you know enough basic science to know that you are sitting on a dot called Lahore, which is a dot on Punjab, which is a dot in Pakistan, where if you go up, Pakistan is a dot on the planet Earth. This Earth is a dot on the solar system. The solar system is a dot in the Milky Way galaxy. And according to modern astronomers, there are billions, literally billions of galaxies in the known human universe. And what is beyond their knowledge, the unknown physical universe, even they don't claim to know. And so if we think that this creation of Allah Subhanahu is so amazing, incredible, black hole, red dwarf, all of that, and this is the creation He made through Asbab, this is the creation He made indirectly, this is the creation He made using processes and means, then you can imagine how incredible that creation will be that is called Jannat, that He created directly simply by saying Kun Fayakun. You know Jannat, it comes in Hadith, Sayyidina Rasulullah said that the lowest level of Jannah, lowest level, Adna Darja, will be ten times the size of this world. Now, you could take this world to mean planet Earth. You could also take this world to mean the entire universe. Now, can you imagine a Jannat that the smallest level is ten times the size of this whole universe? And then just imagine Jannatul Firdaus. Imagine the Jannat of each of the Anbiya. And all of that infinitely vast Jannat is full of all of the pleasures and wonders. And can you imagine then how amazing Allah subhanahu wa must be that He created all of that just by saying kun. No process, no designing, no planning, no drawings, no blueprints, no construction, nothing. <laughs> Allah Akbar just said kun fayakun and all of that jannat exists. How amazing Allah subhanahu wa must be. Hmm? Now go back to yourselves where that dot such an amazing Allah subhanahu is interested in you and me. If somebody, let's say, was the king of humanity, let's say there was some position, right? At one point they thought the Secretary General of the United Nations was something like that. Hmm? Let's say you were the king of humanity, seven billion humans are your subjects. And imagine if the king took personal interest in one of those seven billion people, the person would be so touched. He's got seven billion citizens and he's interested in me. <laughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has all seven billion human beings plus all of the rest of the creation on this planet plus the entire creation in the entire universe. And yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is actually interested in each and every one of you and me personally. That's why he personally created that ruh inside you. So your clothing may say, made in Pakistan, made in China, 
Hmm? Your ruh says made by Allah. Yes? <laughs> you have peace inside you that is made by Allah SWT. Then the physical body, because it was created on this earth, its sustenance or nourishment or ghiza comes from the things that are on this earth. So for example, your physical body wants to eat fruits and vegetables that grow on this earth. It wants to eat fish that swim on this planet. It wants to eat animals that live on this planet. Right? Every single thing that your, keeps your physical body healthy comes from the same earth, the same type of creation. Just like that, your ruh also needs to feed. Your ruh also needs to feed. And your ruh will be nourished and sustained and fed not by things that are created on this earth because the ruh itself was not created on this earth. The ruh was created by Allah SWT in the presence of Allah SWT. So your ruh is going to feed on those things that Allah SWT created. For example, number one, your ruh is going to feed on ibadah, worship, salah, namaz, dua, zikr. Your ruh is going to feed on Quran al-Kareem. Your ruh is going to feed on noble adab and akhlaq, same adab and akhlaq of Sayyidina Rasulullah wasallam, his sabr, his husnizan, his kindness, his gentleness, his concern. Your ruh will feed on all those things. Now I want you to imagine, some of you may have sometime in your life seen a picture of a small African boy who is starving from hunger. Famine, they call it. Hmm? Malnourished, they call it. Undernourished. And when you see that picture, you get shaken up. The skin is so tightly stretched over their ribs, you can see every single bone of ribs. The stomach is protruding, not because it's full of food, but it's full of air. <laughs> Thin little arms. So when you see a picture like that, you get parishan, right? Imagine how parishan you should be if somebody's ruh is malnourished, somebody's ruh is undernourished because it didn't get the feeding it was supposed to get. It didn't get its salah, didn't get its sajda, didn't get its ibadah, didn't get adab, didn't get akhlaq, didn't have haya, couldn't control its nafs. So the ruh gets all shriveled up, it gets weak. It gets weak. And the ruh is the most important thing that we have. Created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. So deed of Islam simply is the way to work on your ruh. To activate your ruh. To develop your ruh. To nurture your ruh. To sustain your ruh. To make your ruh ghalib on the nafs. Why would we want to be creatures of the nafs? That's an animal side to human beings. That's why Allah SWT said in Quran, That they are such people that they are like animals. Allah says in Quran, There are some human beings who are like animals. In fact, they're even lower than animals. Not even subhuman, they're sub animal. They're human. But they have fallen so low that they're no longer not subhuman, not human, not even animal. They're sub-animal. And who are those people? The people of ghafla. The people who have forgotten Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who are distant from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who are unaware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who are disloyal to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who betray Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who are unloving for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who are unfeeling for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These people are called ghafilun in Qur'an. So if we were to look inside our heart and take a look, most people sitting here tonight would find, yes, that's my heart. Spiritual heart. Not talking physical heart that pumps the blood. One is the heart of your body. There's another heart of your ruh. Your ruh also has a heart. That is called in Quran, qalb. Qalb, your spiritual heart. If you look inside your spiritual heart, 
many of us might find that our heart is empty of feelings for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Neither do we have deep love for Him, nor do we have deep fear for Him. This is why many, many times we use this example that you have an overdeveloped, turbocharged uncle and a super turbocharged nafs. Allah Akbar. <laughs> yes. V12 nafs. <laughs> but your qalb, your ruh, you have a 1cc qalb. <laughs> yes, it's gotten so weak, so weak. So which one is going to win the race? Hmm? The nafs is winning the race in our life. <laughs> and the ruh is losing. <laughs> and the nafs keeps winning. And the ruh keeps losing. Then sometimes a young man or woman reaches the stage where the ruh gives up. They give up. It's not because they become atheists. They still believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But they give up. Right? Give up. So they don't pray. They don't make dua even to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Dua you can make lying down even if you're not in wudu. Right? Even if you couldn't make dua with your tongue, when you're lying down you can make dua to Allah ta'ala with your heart, in your mind. Right? Even that they don't do. They give up. They give themselves to their nafs. This is what the early Arab scholars used to call Abdul Nafs. Yes. When is Abdullah? This person becomes Abdul Nafs. Abdul Nafs. Sometimes one way they gift wrap this is they become Abdul Aql. Yes. They're actually Abdul Nafs. But they think they're Abdul Aql. Maybe they're too intelligent. Maybe they think they're too educated. Maybe they think they're too capable. Maybe they think they're too talented for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-Aman al-Hafiz. And we live in this world, right? Where people, some students, not saying all of you necessarily, but some students love their philosophy. They love it. They love their aql. They cannot let go of it. I've seen even very nice, pious, good students. They can't let go of their philosophy, their own personal way of understanding things, their own personal ideology, right? So this person now has become Abdul Akal. Akal first, Ru second. In fact, some of them, Akal first, Quran second. Yes? Akal first, Quran second. Now just think, Akal is your own human intellect. And Quran is the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Kalam al-Rabbani, kalam Allah. What do you think about Sahaba? Did Sahaba put their aql first and Quran second? Or did Sahaba put Quran first and their aql a distant second? If you want to understand Islam, you have to understand the Quran, you have to understand the Prophet and you have to understand Sahaba. Because you see, you can't be a prophet, right? So in one sense, the Prophet is a model for you. But how to be a follower, the Sahaba are a model for you. If you want to see the power of Deen of Islam, what does it do to a person? How does it change a person? How does it affect a person? How does it transform a person? How does it mold a person? You have to look at Sahaba. And the, one of the beautiful things about the Sahaba is they had different personalities. Very different personalities. Those who study and read their biographies, you'll be amazed at the wide variety of personality and outlook and temperament that was in the Sahaba. But they were together on deen. They were all dyed in the color of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, Allah ta'ala says in Quran, Sibghatullah, that there is a color of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They were colored in the color of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Dyed, D-Y-E, died in the dye of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For them, they were Allah first human beings. Allah first. We are ourselves first human beings. And if we have time, and maybe if we're totally free, and we have absolutely nothing else to do, <coughs> nothing better to do, which is haining, 
نہ کوئی میچ دیکھنے کا ہے نہ کوئی میچ کھیلنے کا ہے ہاں نہ کوئی کام ہے نہ کوئی پڑھائی ہے چلو بس کیا کریں یار چلو مسجد ہی چلتے ہیں اللہ اکبر مسجد ہی چلتے ہیں اللہ کی شان لوویسٹ پرائرٹی لوویسٹ پرائرٹی دین سم پیپل دے جسٹیفائی رائٹ دے جسٹیفائی many times people use this term balance you will get this day and night all around you people are going to try to convince you to be balanced a balanced human being hmm? a balanced muslim a balanced believer balance your deen and your dunya hmm? all right so the question is that are you really balanced that's the question we have to check that Right? MashaAllah, maybe some of your SSE students in your physics lab, you can check what balances. <laughs> It's very precise. <laughs> It's very precise. It's a complete, perfect 50-50 ratio. Hmm? Now, balance doesn't mean that 12 hours ibadat and 12 hours dunya. That's not what balance means. Allah Ta'ala has not required you to do that. So if you look at that, there's no balance. Five times prayer... Is what, maximum one hour a day, right? If you pray really well, five prayers will take you one hour a day. And some of you, mashallah, are competing for the Guinness Book of World Records, right? The most minimum time given to five times prayer. Fastest rakat in history. Hmm? Fastest sajda in history. Fastest fatiha in history. Huh? That's how you guys pray in your dorm rooms. But I am here. Allah Akbar Allah Kishan Max one hour to 23 hours is outside Salah Right? That's not the balance Islam isn't saying that's the balance Nobody is telling you to leave your studies and do ibadat all day I'm telling you this because the people who invite you towards this mythical concept of balance That's how they tell you Islam thori kata hai ki ab har vakt namaz paro Ham koi ni kata hai ki ad tak کسی ایک عالم کے ایک بیان یا کتاب مجھے دکھائے جس نے کہا کہ ساری زندگی نماز پڑھنا کسی نے آج تک نہیں کہا ایک فرضی خواب آپ کو دکھاتے ہیں یونیورسٹی اسٹوڈنٹ ہاؤ مائی اسپورٹ ٹو بیلنس مائی لائف اینڈ مائی دین Hmm? Well, one thing about balance is sometimes you have to make a choice. Sometimes there are priorities, right? And that's the real trick, right? At that moment of choice, how do I decide? So let's take a few case studies. Case study number one. And first I should tell you also that when we talk about balance between deen and dunya, I'm going to change the word deen. Instead, I'm going to use Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because actually, deen is all about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So now the question arises that how do I balance between Allah ta'ala and dunya? <laughs> now if I phrase it like that, that itself is a nonsensical proposition. Because <laughs> you only balance between two things that are somewhat comparable. How can you balance between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and dunya? When you study math, you were taught that One over infinity equals zero. Yes? Now one has its own hisiyah. This is one of the paradoxes of math. Right? One exists. It has existence. But you do nothing of it. You negate its existence when you relate that one to infinity. Every single math equation in the world will teach you this. One over infinity equals zero. Not even point zero 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 one. No? Equals zero. Because infinity ke muqabla mein us ek ki nafi karna. Mas Allah Ta'ala saying the same thing. Us akhirat ke muqabla mein apne ek nafs ko nafi karna. Mas. Yes? So balancing between Allah SWT and dunya. So case study number one. Allah Ta'ala says you should do it. The dunya says, don't do it. 
Or better yet, the dunya says you should do it. Huh? And Allah Ta'ala says don't do it. Now you tell me, is there any balanced solution to this choice? Dunya says do it. Nafs says do it. Nafs says look at it. Allah Ta'ala says don't do it. Don't look at it. Is there any balanced decision to make? There's no question of balance here. It's a completely one-sided affair. Anybody who is Iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could only and always decide one thing, that whatever Allah ta'ala wants me to do, <laughs> if dunya says do it, but Allah ta'ala says don't do it, I can't do it. Whatever that may be, whether it's Allah for lust, whether it's interest, whether it's inappropriate behavior, bad akhlaq, bad adab, whatever it may be. The dunya says do it and Allah Ta'ala says don't do it. There's no balance whatsoever. One-sided, simple answer. Okay, second case study. Okay, it's not either or. The dunya says this is better for you. And Allah Ta'ala says no, it's not better for you. doesn't say it's haram. It's not a question of halal and haram. It's a question of what's better. Right? Okay. But what are the sources? Dunya says this is better. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says this is better. Now you tell me, anybody who has iman in their heart, is there any balanced solution to this issue? It cannot be. It's a one-sided answer again. There's no doubt. If Allah ta'ala says it's better, and the dunya says it's not better, it doesn't make a difference to us. Guaranteed we have to do what Allah Ta'ala says is better. Third choice, third case study. That Allah Ta'ala says it's completely fine. And the dunya also says it's completely fine. Right? Here you can have balance. This is the only case where you can talk of balance. Balancing between Allah Ta'ala and dunya. That I'm going to live my life in this dunya doing those things that are good according to dunya and also good according to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the meaning of this dua that Allah ta'ala taught us all in Quran and maybe the number one dua that you remember Rabbana atana fin dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adhabanna that Allah grant us Rabbana atana fin dunya hasana hasana means the noble virtuous good things of this world Right? So when there's something that is good and Allah Ta'ala is calling those things of the dunya hasana, you have to understand it's not that the dunya says it's good. Allah Ta'ala says there are many things that are good in the dunya. And you should ask Allah Ta'ala for them. For example, a good education is good. Ask Allah Ta'ala for it and work for it. Having a good career is good. Ask Allah Ta'ala for it and work for it. Having a good wife is good. Ask Allah Ta'ala and don't work too hard for it right now. Oh. <laughs> but work for it later when you're ready. Uh, having a good husband is good. Ask Allah for it, but don't work too hard for it right now. <laughs> yes? These are the hasanat of the dunya. Only and only when you're inside the hasanat of the dunya can you talk about balance. Anytime you step out of that world, there's no balance whatsoever. You know, once there was a student at Lums, he's graduated now. So he started becoming a person of more taqwa, more deen. He wanted to please Allah SWT. So he left certain girls, right? Allah Akbar. Those girls called his mother and said, yes, they called his mother. And they said that so-and-so doesn't talk to us anymore. <laughs> yes? <laughs> they said, so-and-so has stopped spending time with us. Lifting it his mother called him on the phone and said, Beta kya ho gaya apko? Allah Akbar. And literally said, Kabi kabi gunah bhi kar She didn't mean something outrageous, right? She didn't mean like that. But that was her concept of balance. There's no balance between good and evil. Islam wants you to do all good, zero evil. There's no balance. 100% good, 0% evil. 100% right, 0% wrong. 100% ikhlas, 0% nifaq. That's how deen of Islam is. Why? Because all of you want 100% jannat and 0% jahannam. 
Or would you like a little balanced outcome? Hmm? That 10 million years in Jahannam and then 10 million years in Jannat and then back 10 million years in Jahannam and then again 10 million years in Jannat and then again 10 million years in Jahannam and then again 10 million years in Jannat and we can spend eternity like that. So this balance is a complete myth. Now I want to talk to you about another thing. <coughs> it's called quality. To get in a mayar. So when you're talking about the hasanat of the dunya You should have mi'ar All of you want mi'ar What were the things I said? Education, career and wife Or spouse, let's put it that way Education, career and spouse Now when it comes to the hasanat of the dunya The good things of the dunya All of you want mi'ar, right? Mi'ar means highest quality Mi'ari talim In Pakistan, mashallah, lums Okay, check. Miyari career. You all plan on that, right? How about I said, Mr. Oras, Adna career, Apko Deta. You said, No way. Miyari career. And Miyari spouse, of course, as double check, right? Yes. You would not want a rare Miyari spouse. A woman would not want a husband who is completely lazy and good for nothing, right? A man would not want a wife who is not loving and affectionate, right? So when it comes to the hasanat of the dunya, you're absolutely correct. You did the right decision, you went for mi'ar. You went for the greatest level that was within your reach. You tried to attain and accomplish and achieve, you reached for the stars. Sometimes you were so hopeful, you even tried to reach for what was beyond your reach. Yes? Alright. When it comes to the hasanat of the akhirah, no mi'ar? <laughs> But how can I say that I don't You can say you got an A on your exam, you got an A on the course, you popped a 4.0 this semester, right? Can you say you even prayed one 4.0 namaz? So where is the mirror? There's no balance. <laughs> so actually that one place where there was balance between Allah Ta'ala and dunya, between deen and dunya, which was the hasanat of the dunya and the hasanat of the akhirah, where you could have done the balance, we would have accepted the balance, but you chose to be imbalanced. Dunya me bi'ar or deen me guzara. Yes? Dunya me bi'ar, deen me guzara. Namaz, guzara. Kabi parli, kabi ne parli. Jab parte hain, koi Allah yaad bhi nahi Yes? Allah Ta'ala yaad ne aate namaz mein Can you imagine? Huh? Allah Ta'ala yaad ne aate namaz mein Achha, when you eat, bhook khatam ne hoti If you ever ate and bhook khatam ne hoti Wouldn't you think? If you ate and your hunger didn't end Wouldn't you think there's something extremely wrong with me? I'm eating and even then I cannot do anything about my hunger Right? You'd go to a doctor. <laughs> You'd actually go to a doctor. You would seek help. But we're praying and we don't feel anything. Praying and it has no effect on our ruh. If you want to be truly balanced, you have to have miyar in both. Miyar in what? Miyari taqwa. Miyari sunnah. Miyari adab, miyari akhlaq, miyari haya. And you know who set the miyar for you in those things? All of the anbiya, the Prophet ajmain, and the Sahaba ikram. Radiallahu ta'ala anhum ajmain. So what does it mean? You need to have the haya of Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi salam, the akhlaq of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi the passion of deen of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhum. The wisdom of Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq That's me'ar Me'ar One reason Which I will accept Is the reason you don't have me'ar and deen Is some of you actually don't have me'ar in dunya You're what we call a slacker Yes This is your favorite verb To slack hmm? Kill time that's what they used to say in New York. 
What are you doing? I'm killing time. I'm like, you can never kill time. Time kills you. You're not killing time. Time is killing you. You're not passing time. Time is passing you. So this is a problem. And if you're slacker in the dunya, honestly, if you're slacker in the dunya, it's almost impossible not to be a slacker in the deen. Every Saturday, Sunday, waking up at 11 a.m., 12, 1, 2, <laughs> right? And even that, waking up groggy. Susti. How to get you out of your susti? It's a perennial worry. Your parents have it. Your professors have it. We have it. How to get you out? The only way to get somebody out of their susti is to put something inside of them called jazba. Jazba means passion. Jazba means drive. Jazba means desire. Hmm? When you have passion, drive, and desire for something, for example, you slack all term and when it's finals week you get jazba. Yes? One to two weeks before the exams. Some of you maybe three to four weeks before the exams. Some of you one to two days before the exams. Some of you one to two hours before your exams. Right? But mashallah you get jazba. Yes? After khudabi dekhaina kese praku ap When the exam is the next day. Mashallah, all nighter, so much jazba. Ajeeb? All night long. Yes? And then you sleep just for a couple of hours and then you have the most basic food on the run and then you go right back into it. Allahu Akbar, so much jazba. So much jazba. Imagine if you were able to sustain that jazba. Maybe not at that extreme level, right? But you were too. That's another way you could have become balanced. That's another way to become balanced. To have a sustained, balanced jazba throughout. Both for here, to get your mayad in the dunya, but also to get your mayad in the akhirah. Indeed, we call this istikamat. Istikamat. Allah Akbar, istikamat is a very difficult thing to get. میں آپ کے ساتھ جھوٹ نہیں بولتا اسلام کو آسان بنانے والے بہت لوگ ہیں کوئی فائدہ نہیں ہوگا ایکچولی گناہ کو آسان بنانے والے اسلام ٹھوس چیز ہے جیسا کہ یو کینٹ گیٹ یور لمز بی اے جسٹ فار فری وداؤٹ میکنگ ایفرٹ یو ناٹ گوئنگ ٹو گیٹ دا ڈگری آف تقوا وداؤٹ میکنگ ایفرٹ تقوا بھی ایک ڈگری ہے سنت بھی ایک ڈگری ہے حیا بھی ایک ڈگری ہے یو وانٹ گیٹ دیٹ وداؤٹ ایفرٹ You're going to have to make a lot of effort for that. A lot of effort for that. So today I just want to tell you one jazba. That if you can get this one jazba in your heart, this one feeling and passion in your heart, then it will take care of all of the balance. It will take care of all of your deen. It will make you get me'ar in your deen without having to lose any me'ar in the dunya. In fact, if you get me'ar in your deen, just like I said, when you slack in the dunya, you're almost very likely to slacken your deen. I can tell you it works the other way around also. If you can learn how to get miyad in your deen, you'll end up becoming a person who gets miyad in dunya. The sifat that you will get here will help you out over here. So what is that jazba? What is that one feeling? That is called love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala said in Quran, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَنُّ that those who have iman, they're extremely intense, intensely extreme in their love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is Allah amanu. It's not talking about awliya, ulama, siddiqeen, sadiqeen, salihin, muhsineen. Those are all words in Quran. This ayah is talking about Allah amanu. Allah amanu means those who have bare minimum iman, who have entry level iman, who have one drop of iman. Everyone sitting here is from Allah Dina Amr. It's even lower than Mu'mineen. 
was the most basic level of believer. Allah SWT said about those people in Quran, That those who are who have Iman, they are the crazy mad lovers of Allah SWT. Yes? When they pray, it's like they're sending an SMS. Yes? When they pray, it's like they're sending an SMS. My dearest, darling, beloved, sweet, Allah SWT. Yes? When they go into sajda and they do subhana rabbi they're saying, my dearest, darling, beloved, sweet, Allah SWT. Then they don't need to SMS anyone else and say, my dearest, darling, beloved, sweet, to anyone else because they're busy saying that to Allah SWT. They're actually in love with Allah SWT. All these stories you hear that such and such a alim or shaykh used to pray this much, read this much Quran, all the night, half the night. It comes in Quran, Allah talks about people in Quran. They pray all the night, two thirds the night, half the night, one third the night. Why were they praying so much? Allah Ta'ala ki chahne wale te. Yes? <laughs> they had something here. <laughs> they had something here. They did everything here. They got miyar in the dunya. Look at the first thousand years of Islamic history. They defined miyar in the dunya. Just like today, America and the West defines what miyar is. Right? They're, they're, they're the definition of miyar today. For one thousand years, Islamic civilization was the definition of miyar. They had full miyar over here. And they had full me'ar over here. Allahu Akbar. If somebody said, what is taqwa? They would say, look at Ghazali. That's it. They could just present a person. That's what taqwa is. <coughs> Anybody here who can say that? <laughs> if you want to know what the definition of taqwa is, look at my life. Hmm? That's also a sunnah, by the way. When Sayyidina Rasulullah, he saw some revealed his prophethood and was inviting people so some of the people they ask him what's your proof? he said look at my life Allah Akbar yes he said I'm over to 40 years I'm going to go in front of you that's my name Allah Akbar how many azim zindagi hoge how many paak saaf zindagi hoge how many ala ahsan zindagi hoge ajeeb and they were stunned, they were speechless. They could not respond to this. They were silenced. Could not say one word, not one single one of them could say one word in response to this. Allahu Akbar. Amazing. Amazing. And that's even before he was a Nabi. Can you imagine how amazing that person is? That even before he's a Nabi, his life is immaculate, pristine, perfect. He can present his own life to the world on a platter. Imagine what type of sifat Allah Ta'ala gave him. What type of maqam Allah Ta'ala gave him after his nubuat. Allahu Akbar. And he's our Nabi. It's not a stranger. He, he belongs to you. You know like your father belongs to you. You say I belong to this family. We belong to this family. Right? You talk about belonging. Sayyidina Rasulullah belongs to you and you belong to him. That's what it means, Ummati Nabi. <laughs> That's what it means to be an Ummati. You've got a sense of belonging of the Ummah. Who's Ummah? Ummati Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You're so happy that you got admitted into Lums? You're selected for admissions? Huh? Or you were like one day you were selected for admissions into the Ummah of the Prophet by Allah SWT. How happy should you be over that? How much should you honor that? How much should you do qadr of that? Yes? You should remind yourself every single day. انداز ہوتا ہے اس کے ایک کردار ہوتا ہے اس کے ایک وقار ہوتا ہے اس کا ایک مزاج ہوتا ہے ایک نبی ماننے والا بندہ ہو ایک نبی ماننے والی بندی ہو کچھ فرق تو آنا چاہیے پھر 
رویہ میں مزاج میں آداب میں اخلاق میں عبادت میں سستی غفلت ختم اللہ اکبر اونلی ہیو دیٹ اف یو ہیو لف اف یو ڈونٹ ہیو لف فار اللہ سمان تعالیٰ یو نیور بی انٹرسٹیڈ ان دین کا دا ہو پرپسو دین از اللہ سمان تعالیٰ دا ہو پرپسو دین آل آف دین از جسٹ ٹو کنیکٹ یو ٹو اللہ سمان تعالیٰ اب دا رب ریلیشن شپ everybody wants to be on good terms with your friends good term with your ta and good terms with your professor you have to have a warm feelings for your family members hmm? what about being on good terms with allah subhanahu what about having a warm relationship with allah subhanahu what about having warm feelings for allah subhanahu <coughs> the last thing to tell you Tonight is how to get that love. Where will I get that love from this one time? First way, I'm going to give you very simple ways tonight actually. First way, easy way, entry level. Entry level mohabbat. May us mohabbat mein daakhil kaise ho sakta? That is called the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. By zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here tonight, I'm not talking about any particular method or particular practice. I'm talking about something you can do 24 hours a day. Yes, wherever you may be, whatever state you may be in, you're inside masjid, outside masjid, in wudu, outside of wudu, inside classroom, inside PDC, inside dorm, wherever you are. This zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala means simply to feel feelings of remembrance. Whenever you feel feelings of remembrance for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you will guaranteed start feeling feelings of love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The simple reason we don't love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is because we never think about Him. We never even think about Him. Entire day goes by, weeks go by, that we don't think about Him at all. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so amazing that even if you just start thinking about Him, you will start falling in love with Him. Then the more and more and more you remember him, the more and more you think about him, the more you will fall in love with him. The more you fall in love with him, the more you will want him to fall in love with you. Now the more and more you want him to fall in love with you, then the more and more you will be willing to change yourself to make yourself pleasing to him. That's how it works. And if you never think about him, then you will never love him. If you never love him, you won't really be concerned with whether he loves you. And when you're not concerned with whether he loves you, you won't do any changes in your life to make yourself pleasing to him. You'll be same old, same old. You'll become whatever the dunya wants you to become. So simply to remember him. How to remember Allah SWT? Yes, some young men and women don't even know how to remember their Allah SWT. They don't know how to think about Him. And sometimes again, the more ugly types, they try to say that, you know, how can I conceive of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? You don't have to come up with an image of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because yes, definitely He transcends your ability to conceptualize Him in an image form. You have to think about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the way He has revealed Himself to be. This is what we call in deen ilmullah. Knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the way he wishes to be known. Knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the way he has revealed himself to be known. One way to do that is what we call the Asma'ul Husna. Allah ta'ala says in Quran, لِلَّهِ الْأَسْمَاءِ husna فَدْعُوهُ biha." That to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala belong the infinitely beautiful names. You should make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala using those names. So for you, I'm even dropping it down. You can just make dua in your heart. Just do zikr. Just think about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For example, one of his names is Ar-Razzaq, that he is the nurser, sustainer, provider. Every time you're walking around, you should think that Allah Ta'ala has provided for me. He's sustaining me. I've got clothing, I eat, I've got health, I'm breathing. I'm the living embodiment and proof of his being Ar-Razzaq. I'm just drowning in his blessings and mercies. So start thinking about him as Ar-Razzaq. Another meaning of Allah Ta'ala is As-Sattar. 
that he hides and conceals your sins from other people. Yes, next time you're standing online in the PDC, imagine that what if Allah Ta'ala showed all these people here every sin I had ever done? You would die of embarrassment. <laughs> you would go red with shame. Forget even what you've done, every single thought you've ever thought in your life. Hmm? Allah Ta'ala As-Sattar, He's hidden that from people. You should think, you should start thinking of Allah Ta'ala As-Sattar. So many names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you should learn them and you should start thinking about Him in light of those names and feelings. Then you will start to have feelings for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then you will become Abdul Razak, you will become Abdul Sattar, you will learn these things. Ar Rahman, imagine how merciful Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. Anytime you pray, just take any prayer you ever did in your life. At that moment, Allah ta'ala knew every single sin you did before then. Even then he let you make sajda. He knew every single sin that you were going to do after you prayed. Yes? <laughs> Even then he let you come inside. Achieve. Allah Akbar. Can you imagine how merciful that being is? If I gave you that knowledge about someone, that in the next 20 years this person is going to backbite you so much, betray you so much, disobey you so much, you would say, Chora, bhi chor dosko. Right? Allah Ta'ala, mashallah. Allah Akbar. He knows every single thing you ever did. He knows every sin you're going to do and He still lets you do sajda. Ajeeb, Ar-Rahman. Think about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But that's not difficult to do. Huh? That doesn't require you to drop out of your studies. That doesn't put a dent in here. Remember I told you I would show you a way that would not in any way affect this at all. You have all the mayar of the dunya Thinking and feeling about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not disrupt your dunya in any way whatsoever. Does not disrupt your studies, your job, career, family life, nothing. But you have to start having those feelings. You have to start thinking. Another way is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Quran, فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ That indeed I am close to you. You should feel it. You should walk around thinking the same thing. Allah Ta'ala is qareeb. Allah Ta'ala is with me. He's close to me. He's watching me. His help is with me. His karam is on me. His forgiveness is on me. Even the second that I sin, His mercy comes towards me. You know, when a believer sins, the spotlight of Allah Ta'ala's anger doesn't move on him. When the believer sins, Allah Ta'ala puts the spotlight of His mercy on him. Puts the light on him. Yes? When he sins, Allah Ta'ala sends what we call as anwarat of rahmah on him. It's the jaliyat of rahmah. Puts him in the spotlight of his mercy. Tries to melt his heart so that the person can make toba for that sin. So the person can repent from that sin. Ajeeb. Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, قُلْ يَا إِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ Say, my beloved messenger, sallallahu to the people. Announce to them my proclamation. يَا ibadi, O my servants and slaves. Which ones? Alladina asrafu ala anfusihim. Those who sin, who commit wrong, who are guilty of wrongdoing, who harm their ruh by hurting themselves. La taknatu marahmatillah. Never ever despair of the mercy of Allah SWT. Inna Allah yagfiru zanuba jami'a. Indeed, Allah SWT forgives all sins entirely. Yagfiru zanub. Allah Taala forgives all sins jami'a entirely. What does the verse mean? Allah Ta'ala is reaching out to the person who sins and telling him that his mercy is going to envelop you. Allahu Akbar. So what does this mean? This means that even when you're sinning, you can remember Allah Subhanahu Most people think that when I sin, I should be too embarrassed to remember Allah Subhanahu Allah Ta'ala is saying in Quran that when you sin, I want you to remember me. I want you to remember me. La taqnatu min rahmatullah. Don't despair, don't feel distant. It's at that very moment that Allah Ta'ala's mercy is showering down on you. So these were just a few names, Ar-Razaq, Ar-Sattar, Ar-Rahman, different ways to feel Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala in your heart. But you have to make a start. You have to light the flame. Hmm? That you can do in one night. That you can do in one minute. That is called making niyyah. If you make niyat and intention in your heart, 
that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I want to be your lover मैं आपके चाहने वाले बनना चाहता हूं मुझे नहीं पता है कि कैसे बनूंगा अब तक भी बन भी नहीं सका मगर मैं बनना चाहता हूं और वो एक चाहत को आपको पेश कर रहा हूं अल्लाह ताला मेरे इस चाहत को कबूल कर ले मुझे भी अपना बंदा बना ले मुझे भी अपना आशिक बना दे मुझे भी अपना वफादार मोमिन बना दे मुझे भी नबी करीम सल्लल्लाहु का आशिक बना दे मुझे भी नबी करीम सल्लल्लाहु का सुन्नत पर चलने वाले बना दे एक चाहत है तमन्ना है ना कोई तकवा लेकर आए ना कोई अमल लेकर आए ना कोई कुवत लेकर आए बस आपके करीमी के सदके आपके करम और फजल पर मेरी नजर है आपकी रहमत पर मेरी नजर है अल्लाह ताला मैं आपके चाहने वाला बनना चाहता बस अल्लाह ताला के साथ सौदा कर लो इश्क सौदा करो कि मैं आपको आशिक मुहिम बनना चाहता हूं आप मुझे कबूल करके अपना महबूब बना दीजिए दैट्स इट इतनी नियत दिल में कर लें आपका काम चल पड़ेगा चलेंगे चल पड़ेंगे सारा कुछ जो आपको दिन में मुश्किल लगेगा वो सब आसान हो जाएगा मुझे सौदा करना पड़ेगा कि नेवर एवर बिकम बिलवेड टू अल्लाह सुभान unless you start loving him we make dua that allah subhanahu accept each and every one of us to become amongst his true and sincere lovers to be his sincere servants and slaves wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin nawakin jisbana rabbina wa hamdallahu sallallahu sayyidina muhammad wa ala ali sayyidina muhammad wa barik wa sallam ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين يا الله يا رب كريم you are most kind and generous rabb ya allah you have given us each and every blessing since we were born you give us the gift of quran the gift of islam the gift of nabi alayhi salam ظلمنا انفسنا ya allah we allowed ourselves to become distant from you we have neglected our ruh we have neglected our deen we have neglected our prophet we have neglected our Qur'an. We have neglected you, our Allah. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask that you forgive us for the sin. We ask that you send your hidayah into our hearts. We ask that you inspire our hearts once again. We ask that you incline our heart towards the deen. Increase us in our iman. Strengthen our iman. Bring us to a level of yaqeen. Ya Allah, we ask that you put a jazbah in our heart. We ask that you increase our hearts and our love for you. Our love for Nabi Kareem, our love for Qur'an our love for sunnah our love for deen our love for ibadah our love for salah our love for dua Ya Allah we ask that you grant us all of the hasanat of this dunya and all the hasanat of the akhirah Ya Rabbi Kareem let us realize the potential we have inside of us let us attain and achieve the mayar and the hasanat of the dunya and the mayar of the hasanat of the akhirah Ya Allah Ya Rabbi Kareem humara gunaak maaf farma Ya Rabbi Kareem jo gunaak din mein kiye wo bhi maaf فرما جو گناہ رات میں کیے یا اللہ وہ بھی معاف فرما جو گناہ اکیلے کیے یا اللہ وہ بھی معاف فرما جو گناہ دوسرے پر کیے یا اللہ وہ بھی معاف فرما یا اللہ جو گناہ یاد ہیں یا اللہ وہ بھی معاف فرما جو گناہ کر کر بھول بیٹھے ہیں یا رب کریم ان بھی گناہوں کو معاف فرما یا رب کریم ہم اچھے بننا چاہتے ہیں سچے بننا چاہتے ہیں اب تک نہیں بن سکیں یا رب کریم ہمیں بنا دیجئے ہمیں اپنا بنا دیجئے اپنا بندہ بنا دیجئے یا رب کریم ہم جیسے بے حیاؤں کو با حیا بنا دیجئے ہم جیسے بے طلب کو با طلب بنا دیجئے ہم جیسے بے اخلاص کو با اخلاص بنا دیجئے یا رب کریم ہمیں اپنے دل میں سچی محبت نصیب فرمائے جو دنیا مخلوق کی جو بھی ناجائز محبت ہیں یا رب کریم ان تمام ناجائز محبت سے ہمیں پاک کر دیجئے اپنا درد عطا دیجئے اپنا غم عطا کر دیجئے اپنے عشق عطا کر دیجئے ارے بکریم ہم سب کو اپنے چاہنے والوں بندے بندیوں میں شامل فرما دیجئے ارے بکریم نماز پڑھنا آسان فرما ہمیں نماز میں استقامت نصیب فرما ہمیں کم سے کم نمازی بنا ارے بکریم ہم سب کو فجر والا بنا زہر والا بنا اثر والا بنا مغرب والا بنا عشاء وطر پڑھنے والا بنا ارے بکریم ہمیں بھی اپنی طرف سجدہ کرنے کے لیے قبول فرما ہمیں بھی سبحان ربی اللہ کا نعرہ لگانے کے لیے قبول فرما یعنی بکریم نماز میں دل دل اور حضوری عطا فرما 
فرما دل میں نماز کی لطف اور لذت نصیب فرما رب کریم ہم جو کچھ کر رہے ہیں جو آپ کو پسند نہیں ان سب چیزوں سے ہماری توبہ قبول فرما اور ہمیں ویسے بنا جیسے تو راضی ہے اپنے پسند کے مطابق بنا اپنے رضا کے مطابق بنا رب کریم ہم آپ کو راضی کرنا چاہتے ہیں اب تک نہیں کر سکے رب کریم راضی ہو جا ہم سب سے راضی ہو جا رب کریم تمام مرد عورت جو بھی دل میں فریاد رکھ رہے ہیں نیک شری تمنا رکھ رہے ہیں آپ سے جو بھی تمنا فریاد مناسب رکھ رہے ہیں رب کریم دلوں کے فریاد کو قبول کر دیجیے رب کریم غم کو دھو کر دیجیے ہمیں دنیا اور دین کے تمام حسنات عطا کر دیجیے رب کریم ہمارے سارے دوستوں رشتے دار جو اب تک آپ سے دور ہیں ناواقف ہیں رب کریم اپنی ہدایت کی رحمت ان کے دل پر بھی نازل فرما اپنی محبت ان کو نصیب فرما اپنی محبوبیت کا پہچان ان کو عطا فرما ہم سب کو اپنی وقت اور زندگی کی قدر کرنے کی توفیق عطا فرما ربنا تکمل منا انکا انت السمیع العلیم وطوبو علینا انکا انت التواب الرحیم وصلی اللہ تعالی علی حبیبہ سیدنا محمد وعلی آلہ وصحبہ اجمائین برحمتک یا ارحم الراحمین